Hey, I'm Tommy Chong. Welcome to High on Homegrown. Yes, yes, everybody, and welcome to High on Homegrown, the cannabis podcast from Percy'sGrowRoom.com. In this week's episode of the Grow Guides, we are on episode 67. We've covered 67 different topics on how to grow cannabis. So that's a lot of content covered so far. In this episode, we're talking specifically about how to grow purple buds. And we also cover some list of mail questions at the end of the show as well. So we've, we've covered loads of stuff so far. And we want to know from you guys, what else should we be covering? You know, you can flick through all of the Grow Guides episodes over on our website. Just head to High on Homegrown dot com slash grow guides and you'll be able to see what episodes we've done there and if you have any suggestions for future episodes of grow guides then we would love to hear from you guys man uh you guys make the show just as much as we do so please if you have any suggestions for future episodes of grow guides do get in touch uh this week as i said we have how to grow purple buds next week we are covering predatory bugs in your grow room you know bugs you can use to get rid of other bugs which is going to be a super cool episode then we have a controversial one after that for episode 69 yes 69 and it's all about bud washing which is a controversial topic by itself but we're going to cover that anyway for episode 69 then we have stuff like uh, bro science and growing myths which we'll be covering and we have best paraphernalia so we have plenty of episodes still up and running but we still want to know if you guys have any ideas and any input on what you think we should be covering in future episodes so again if you can please feel free to get in touch it would be good to hear from you with some suggestions but for now anyway let's move on to the grow guides and i'll speak to you at the end of this episode here so roll a fat one and i'll speak to you in a bit enjoy so sometimes people mention bag appeal and bubble hut gets offended like no you call it jar appeal jar appeal bucket appeal and what it means by that is you want your buds to look nice and one of the ways you can have your buds looking nice is you know by growing them properly for one because green buds still look nice but some people want to see colorful buds like purple buds and blues and a little bit of red and you know, oranges and all these different colors and that's what we're going to be talking about today mainly purple buds because that's the the easiest one to get other than green but there are other colors that can be incorporated into your buds as you grow them as well just by doing different things so that's what we're going to discuss purple buds everybody so has anybody on the panel grown purple buds before yep i have Sweet. So we've all done it at some point. We've all grown uh, some big juicy purple buds. Was it a specific strain that you've grown? But yeah. what are you saying? Well, what was your story? Um, mine was a purple Kush, but it was from a purple line, um, and it came out like like really deep red purple, um, like almost black purple. Mm-hmm. As I said, I've still got some here. I could probably take a photo and send it to you. But no, it's, I'm, not, um, I'm not trusting you with photos after that chat we just had. Yeah. Oh, excuse <laughs> me. You're the one that sent me the sus photo, mate. Yeah, but you're gonna you're gonna want revenge, bro. You're gonna yeah, repercussions just, just send, from that. Just sending you a big picture of a purple-headed love warrior. There you go. Mm-hmm. Purple mm-hmm. <laughs> no like, here's the real bro. one, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this bud. I'll get your bud right here. <laughs> what are you say, Marge? What about your buds? When did you grow some purples? What strain was it? It was quite a while ago now, but it was like, and so we had a bigger setup, but it was a purple cush as well. And okay. the color was pretty spectacular. Like even the fan leaves and stuff were, from what I remember, were like pretty purple. Mm-hmm. Cool. 
Yeah, it is cool, yeah, man. See, mine, mine was more like I didn't, the fan leaves got a little bit through the veins at like the very closest parts to the bud and all the sugar leaves went purple. But the mm-hmm. but like it was such a stark contrast between the really lush green of the leaf and the purple bud because it was so dark. Right. It was wild. Mm. What are you saying, monkey? Uh, what about yeah. you? What purple buds did you grow? Well, first one was Violet Kush. And actually, that one was so purple that it almost would qualify as being black when it was finished. It was so mm. dark. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, then other ones besides that, I mean, strawberry cough does turn, give me some purples toward the end if you let it go long enough. And of course, we'll talk about temperatures later on. And then, um, Nakatomi Plaza was a big surprise because that one, the buds turned deep purple, but the, but the plant, the, uh, you know, the fan leaves really didn't. And I'm not used to seeing that. I know there are several strains that do that like mm. purple kush, but, uh, it was a really, that was a really nice one, that one, but yeah, purple buds are pretty common in, in my cupboard. Nice. Oh. So did everybody notice the there was a correlation between many of the strains that were mentioned there? They had mm-hmm. the name purple in the strain <laughs> name. And, and this you is imagine that because I, the ones I grew as well about purple punch it was from Barney's farm. And uh, yeah. like you like you said there, it's like near enough black, the buds were nearly black. That was fucking and it had a, like a Coca-Cola kind of flavor to it. It was delicious weed. Mm-hmm. It wasn't wasn't very strong weed, but it was fucking tasty and it looked good, you know, with the orange hairs on it as well. It, it just looks really fucking nice. It's just different to the usual buds you get used to seeing when you just grow green buds most of the time, isn't it? But for anybody out comes... there, sorry, Bubble. I was gonna say, I think it comes from the Afghan line, doesn't it? So yeah, it's, it's the, an indica, indica trait, isn't it? The, mm. the Afghans, yeah. <clears throat> but um, so for anybody out there who wants to grow some purple buds you know there's the specific things you can do to the plant which can try and encourage the purple shit to happen but the best way to ensure that the purple shit is going to happen is to get genetics that also have that purple trait as well and you'd usually find that in strains that have a purple name like purple punch purple kush granddaddy purple you know these kind of strains that have purple in the name is usually a dead giveaway that you're going to grow purple buds out of it yeah, uh, I don't know, man. Is there any other strains people can think of here? Because we had purple Kush, we got oh, purple, purple punch, Urkel, purple Urkel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, you said violet Kush as well, there, monkey. Granddaddy purple. Mm-hmm. The GDP. Uh, yeah. Uh, there's there's loads in there. There's, there's so many. Yeah, there are. I mean, there's mm-hmm. a lot of them in there. And the thing is, a lot of those those purple strains like purple Urkel are used in a lot of other crossbreeds. So the genetics are in there. Mm-hmm. For the plant to actually have these purples, and and um, sometimes, as you well know, when you're growing a certain strain, there's different phenotypes. I've seen mm-hmm. this a lot. Is that you'll grow, you may grow five plants, and two of them will turn the most beautiful purple that, that you ever want to see, and the rest of them will stay green because that strain has the ability to go purple, but it's not mm-hmm. going to always be there. So sometimes mm-hmm. it's a hit and miss thing. Even mm-hmm. sometimes when it's called a purple, whatever, you don't get the purple. Mm-hmm. 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 it still needs to go through certain conditions to try it because most plants have you'll see them as being green because they have the, the chlorophyll in them which is a pigment that is green so when the plant is predominant in chlorophyll it'll be green the buds will be green the leaves will be green the stems will be green but there's more plant pigments as well you know different fruits have different pigments in there like strawberries have a specific one and that's why they're red and oranges they're all different pigments and the specific purple pigment is, is called anthocyanin, right? Is that the correct name? That's yeah. it, anthocyanin. 
and yeah and that's a, a purple plant pigment and some strains are going to have uh, are more likely to bring out the anthocyanin under different conditions so when you get the right genetics that are going to express the anthocyanin at certain stages then you get more chance of it being purple but there's ways you can encourage the plant to use up the anthocyanin as well you know to, to express it so you want it to express more anthocyanin than it does chlorophyll because then it'll be more purple than it is green and there's different ways to do that so uh does anybody want to talk about that does anybody have any ideas about how to bring out the purple well the the besides genetics the biggest way is to um create a swing in your temps between lights mm. on lights off mm -hmm. and you generally want to try and swing anywhere from a, about eight to 12 some people say between 10 to 15 mm. i find around that and that's celsius degrees, right that's celsius yeah mm -hmm. um going going into a cold but you still want to try and you still want to try and stay above about 15 degrees celsius at its lowest mm -hmm. point because once mm -hmm. you get below that 15 you'll start seeing the plant stall um mm -hmm. so you want to try and yeah if you can have you know let's say you've got your temps at 27 perfect conditions and then it's dropping down to 17 at night, you should start to see that colour coming through as the buds produce. Especially on them genetics that express purple. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. For our, our uh, North American listeners, he was talking about uh, centigrade or centigrade temperatures. Uh, we're talking about 60 degrees is, is, is that magic purple number usually. Something to get below 60 Fahrenheit, that equals 15 approximately. In the metric, yeah. metric side, so yeah, just for your idea, you want to swing lights on from about about eighty, and then you want to swing nighttime to about sixty, and that will definitely trigger some color. Yeah. And this is the problem as well. Is you don't want to be doing this shit too early in flower. No. You want to keep your plants in in good condition so they're growing nice and healthily and happily to bring you high quality and, and high high yield as well. You know, if you start to stretch your plants out too soon then it's going to have a reduction in yield and quality and might even hurt me if it, if the genetics ain't strong. So don't try making it too cold straight away. And especially, you, you know, when you first flip your lights to 12-12 or when the plant begins to flower, you, you want to try and keep the daytime temperatures as close to the nighttime temperatures as possible because right. that will reduce your stretch. If you've got 15 yeah. degrees between your night and your day temperatures when you're on the first two weeks when you flipped it, two weeks? said two weeks, two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, your plant's going to stretch man and it will stretch more and more with the difference mm. between the day and the nighttime temperatures so just for the first few weeks of the grow just try and keep the temperatures around the same within five degrees is the best way you know try and keep it uh, so if you're running at 26 degrees celsius in the daytime with the lights on for example that's what i mean when i say daytime then you don't want to be dropping any lower than 21 during the, the dark hours and mm -hmm. that will keep the stretch so, down. Just Sorry, to Mark. clarify here, you drop the temperatures a little bit, and that's going to encourage these purple buds. But will that only work with with cultivars that are genetically predisposed to having that kind of trait? It, or will it's that it's more anyway? likely to. I mean, there's some strains that might just do it anyway, you know, because it's different right. phenotypes and different strains. Like you might have a cheese that usually grows green and just is normal, but then it might get uh, cold enough temperatures for the anthocyanin to kick in and start developing because that's a way of it protecting the plant's cells it, it stops them oh, from rupturing the cell yeah. walls or something like that it's like an antifreeze for the uh, plant in a way comes down to what monkey was saying with the phenotype so 
if you've got, let's say you've got something that if it grows in normal, perfect conditions, it's not going purple, right? Right. If it's somewhere in that line and it's in its in its breeding line and it's it's um parentage, if it's got a purple in there somewhere, there mm. is going to be that predisposition to if it does get cold, potentially bringing that color out. It's not going to happen with every one of them, but mm-hmm. there is going to be that because you know, you can pop 50 odd seeds, as Monkey was saying, and 30 of them will go purple and 20 will go, no, nah, I'm not, I'm just gonna do what I want. So yeah. It, it's but yeah, if the, if it's in that line, you're going to have a better chance by lowering that um, that nighttime temp to draw it out. Yeah, there are some cultivars out there that will always go purple because the line has been yeah. bred well enough to where it, it's in there. The genes are going to carry it through all the time. Mm-hmm. But uh, like Mackie was saying, you don't want to drop those temperatures too early. I think I, I like to go no earlier dropping the temperatures for color like three weeks before the end because by then I feel like most of the growth is happening and the buds are just in the fattening stage. I'm not going to affect the growth stages too much by dropping the nighttime temperatures. Mm-hmm. Three, mm-hmm. three weeks is usually long enough for me to get enough color. I can usually do it in two. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you'll know, you, you generally know pretty quick that it's yeah. going to change color. I mean, you, you'll start to see it. If it's, uh, uh, you know, if it's one of those strains that is, is got that bread in the line, sometimes you don't even need to change the temp. It'll mm-hmm, keep mm-hmm. it pretty even and it'll just bring that color out anyway. That's right. Man. Um, yeah. That's but if you're trying to, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But if you're trying to force it um, and you have an idea that it's got it in there, then yeah, dropping those temps will, will generally bring some of it out for you. So, yeah. so first off, you know, let's just recap on some of this stuff we've had. If you're specifically trying to grow some purple buds, first thing you need to do is pick the right genetics, right? And, and then, uh, you know, something with purple in the name usually does it. But if you don't pick a strain that has purple in the name, then you can still try and force that purple to happen by reducing the nighttime temperatures by 15 degrees, but 10 to 15 degrees Celsius compared to what the daytime temperatures are. And that might encourage the purpleness to come out as well. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So, and yep. that's specifically in the last couple of weeks of the growth as well. Don't do it too soon, man. Let your plant grow nice and juicy and ripe and happy for as long as possible before you start doing things like this. You know, and, and this is specifically for growing indoors as well, because you have more control yeah. over the temperatures when you grow it indoors than outdoors. Yeah. 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 And you'll generally start to see it as it matures, the calyx start to swell and the, um, you know, everything starts to recede back. You'll see the edges of those open calyx start mm-hmm. to purple off a little bit. Yep. That's a, that's a general indicator that it's got enough anthocyanin in it for you to have a play around if you really want to. Um, but, a lot of the time you'll find you get pinks um, more of the mm-hmm. pinks and the reds and things like that. Uh, if you, if you're doing it with something that doesn't have that predisposition. So um, you're still going to get colors come out, but it's more of that fall color um, or the autumn color that you get. Whereas um, if they're, yeah, if they're an actual purple strain, you'll know real early on. Cause that's even the um, indicators and the pre-buds, they'll start going purple straight away. So you'll you'll know if they're a kush, like a purple kush or a violet kush or something like that. Yeah, you, there's like it's quite a stark contrast from what you're used to. Yeah, and this is um this is another thing as well is you, you want to let the plants go longer than usual too, because you know, it, it's called incandescence, right? 
when the plant is it, it's not iridescence because that's like light reflecting off the top of oils on water mm -hmm. right where you get the rainbow effect but it's uh, it, when the plant starts to die itself naturally because the, the cannabis plant only lives for a certain amount of time and when it gets no. to the end of its life Sundescence. 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 Oh, yeah, I, I had to take my headphones off and clear my head for a second because i knew it didn't sound right yeah it's like it didn't, <laughs> it, it, it's something like that you know but yeah senescence <laughs> that's the one uh, when the plant starts to die at the, at the end of its life cycle, then it, the colors will start to change on it a little bit then, and you'll see reds and oranges. And when it starts to consume less nutrients, then it will start to turn yellow in places as well. Mm -hmm. And this, this gives it more yeah. of an opportunity for it to express these different colors. But, uh, so that, that's something that you need to do as well. Don't chop this shit too soon. You know, Give it an extra week or two past the stage that you're expecting it to go to, and that will help it express more colors as well so if that's what you're aiming for try and push it for a little bit longer than you expect it to go uh, for senescence not incandescence <laughs> well, what's incandescence then what the fuck does that mean, word mean that's uh yeah. the emission of light due to heat or uh, you know like an right. yeah. Light bulb. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and then we have iridescence which is the the color of oils which is nice i like ir iridescence and yeah, it's a nice word stuff. as well mm -hmm. iridescence Nice what kind of essence do we have? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Magic now I'm getting confused. Yeah. yeah. Dictionary moment here. You know, we're all learning <laughs> new words. Yeah, but it's senescence when the plant starts to die. It will start to express different colors. And, and this is another thing you can do as well when it gets towards the end of the life cycle, it, because it depends on what kind of nutrients it's absorbing too. You know, if you, for example, if you feed a plant far too much nitrogen, it's going to get dark, like dark green and sometimes even even purple because of the amount of nitrogen that's not the best way to do it when you're in flower because too much nitrogen during flower will make the buds all sparse and airy and it can build up more chlorophyll which is going to make the cure go on for longer it'll make the the smoke taste and smell like grass and shit and you don't want that you don't want too much nitrogen in the plant but uh, mm. the way it absorbs nutrients towards the end can also make a difference as well. So if you change the pH of the medium in the last couple of weeks of the grow again, don't do any of this shit early on in flower. I mean, it's your plant. You can do what the fuck you want with it. If you wanted to do these things early on in the flowering stage to give it more chance of becoming purple, that's completely up to you. But, you know, it's advised that you only do this stuff towards the end of the grow when most of the growth and most of the work has already been done by the plant. So when you're heading towards them last couple of weeks, you can change the acidity of the medium. And if it's a little bit more acidic, then it, the plant might express a little bit more red than it would have done otherwise. And if you make it a little bit more alkaline in the medium, then it might be a little bit more blue or purple. But I don't think there's any solid evidence for that, any scientific stuff. You know, it's just it's one of those bro science terms. Sorry for using that term, chill, but I know you don't like it. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. so you can change the pH as well. But when you're adjusting the pH like that, that is just changing the the way the plant absorbs different nutrients that are available in the medium. And that's what can change the way it can, it can look. Yeah, you're essentially locking out certain nutrients to achieve something that, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah. Bob Bob West in the chat did bring up a good question. Is, is there a way to drop the temp for one plant to grow, like as in feeding cold water? No, you, you want... You really want it to be the ambient temperature, not the temperature of the water you're feeding. Because if you're feeding cold water, you're freaking out the root system. Yeah, you so are. You, you're going to stall it, and you know, yeah, your oxygen levels go down. Um, the plant 
is not going to absorb nutrient the same way. So no, yeah, yeah, that's not the best way to do it. That that sort of runs off the same idea where people um, finish a plant by chucking ice all over the top of the medium and mm. letting it go really cold and all that no, sort of thing. Man. And again, that that falls into that same thing of the the no no term that Mackie used, um, yes. a certain it, science. But it, it doesn't do any good, man. I mean, we've all tried it; it doesn't mm, work. Mm, so don't yeah. even try it. Yeah. yeah, no, it's 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 only yeah, you're only going to be upset with the results. Let's say that. Sure right. way to put it. <laughs> and then we have sometimes people would like to use food coloring to try and change the color of their plants, which is not advised mm. when you're going to be smoking your cannabis. <laughs> but it, it, oh. some plants, you know, are roses. Uh, some people would change the color of the roses by feeding it certain food colorings. It's just not advised to do that. I mean, when you're doing it for edibles, I assume that that's probably going to be okay, right, Marge? Would you know more about this? Uh, I don't usually color my edibles. I don't. Well, I mean, I guess if you're using it making gummies or something, that makes mm-hmm. sense mm-hmm. to me. Food yeah. grade. Mm-hmm food coloring sure but yes yeah. yeah, so it sounds weird doing it for weed yeah plants. it's just different when you're smoking any you? you don't want to put these things yeah, in the buds true. and then you're going to smoke them because you don't know what yeah. effect they have they're, they're, they're not pretty, made to be smoked they're pretty right. sensitive to mm-hmm. stuff so don't aggravate them mm-hmm. with weird shit <laughs> that's right man the, yeah apart just, from the fact it's probably not going to do what you want it to do anyway because right. with all you know depending on the strain with the amount of oils and resins and things it's just going to roll straight off and just end up in a big mess all over your hands mm-hmm. and the rest of the plant anyway so i suppose depending how you do it that's right man just try and grow the plant as normally as possible don't try and add stuff yeah don't, don't use any uh food colorings and it but if you do you know make sure it's like like Food grade, like March says, no synthetic stuff. Use natural food colorings and don't smoke those buds after that would be for your edibles, you know, which, which doesn't really matter. But then it's uh, then, then you're only going to be looking at the buds for a little bit before you turn it into some kind of oil or extract to turn it into the edibles anyway. So it doesn't really matter. So well, just don't do it. I guess we need to ask the question then why are we making purple buds in the first place? You know, is the effects better? Is it taste better? Why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. Well, That's a great question. There's some terpenes that give off a specific color as well. Like purple weed tends to taste a particular way because of the terpenes that give off that purple color as well. But other than that, it's not much different from the green weed really. It's no more potent. It can be a little less potent because the plant's put under certain stresses. You know, if it's not like one of these strains that just go purple because of its genetics, if you're forcing right. it to become purple, then it's going to be stressed in a certain way and it won't produce the same amount of cannabinoids and terpenes that it would have done if it wasn't stressed. You know what I mean? You stress a plant and it will be producing less of the good stuff. Mm-hmm. So it might be a little bit less potent, but not, not massively. It's not. It depends on what you want. You know, if you want your buds to look nice when they're sitting in the jars, then maybe you're willing to compensate a little bit on the on the potency there. But not many people want to roll in that direction. So is it basically then for bag appeal, jar appeal? Jar. You careful now, Marge. You trigger bubble hawk. You know, it's like yeah. Don't don't be triggering. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. But yeah, pretty much I, I just a look at now after Mackie sent you that picture. So (laughs) true. Well, you could set a fucking standard there, bro. Right. Uh, yeah you you know you've you've got free reign of the uh put another shrimp on the barbie 
for the next like six months after that photo <laughs> I got sent. <laughs> Didn't you ask me to send that to you? I believe. Yeah, and I regret every fucking word of that question, that, that request. <laughs> man. On record, and I do believe Mackie said, "Are you sure?" Thank you, Marge. And I said yes. Thank I, said, you. I mean, t- yes, typical. Good. I'm like, yeah, sure, no worries, send it, and then I regret mm-hmm. it. I it and like I said, mo- nobody follows Monkey's advice. Nobody. <laughs> I know. I should have listened to Monkey. <laughs> I did. You don't want to see it. it. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to see it. No, don't tell me I don't want to see it. Now I do want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> I've been around Mackey long enough. He says I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. You know, if I'm if I'm like, God damn, you don't want to see that. You really don't want to see it. Because I'll, I'll no. see some sick no. shit and be like, you have to see this. It's got to be really yeah. bad for me to tell you. You don't want to see it. Really bad. But anyway, yeah, purple butts. <laughs> <laughs> back, back on the boat. Let's stay, let's stay on track here. Because uh, there's reds as well. There's oranges. You know, there's different colors that can be expressed by the plants. And when I was speaking to Brian and Marco a couple of weeks ago, uh, maybe a month ago now, it's been a while, but they brought up some points where it, it could also be down to the bacteria in the medium, which mm-hmm. which can help a plant display different colors. So when you have a, a, a diverse medium with lots of different fungi in there, lots of different bacterias, uh, lots of different nutrients, or you know, when you have a real diverse soil with lots of compost and lots of good shit in there, then you have more chance of the plant having what it needs available in the medium to make these different colors in the first place. So these really colorful rainbow looking buds that you see on rare occasions because they're not easy to get, then mm-hmm. they're usually grown in an organic medium with uh, lots of diversity in that medium as well. Okay. It's very cool. It's one of these reasons why you want to, you know, go to a full organics and shit and try it out and see if you can get these colors. But the purple buds I grew, that purple punch, which was fucking delicious, man. Tastes like Coca-Cola. Mm-mm. That was grown in cocoa. So there wasn't mm-hmm. much uh, bacteria in those. But that was just genetics. That was purple punch from Barney's farm. Mm-mm. Yeah, I, I, I mean, that might be the, the that specific strain. I didn't get much of that. I got more of a um a floral with it right. than a a, co- a cola sort of thing but then again mm. it's it's the kush you know that's such a heavy heavy kush thing you get those notes anyway mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but i don't know that i'm gonna have to get some of that purple punch if it's coming out tasting like coca-cola yeah, yeah. that would be fun oh. it's nice man sounds like nice. sounds like something that something i can make edibles out of and mix in with soda stream and stuff mm. mm-hmm Imagine that one. She, fuck yeah. But yeah I mean, is like there anything one. else we can say here about purple buds? I mean, that's pretty much everything we can. Again, we'll just quickly run through that shit. You know, you, you make sure you choose the right strain, something with the good genetics. So you're gonna be more likely to be getting purple there as well. Uh, then you have the temperatures in late flower when you get to the last couple of weeks. See, I'm saying a couple of weeks instead of two weeks now, monkey. See that? See, I've adjusted my vocabulary. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, the last couple of weeks of the grow there, you can reduce the temperatures of the nighttime uh, between 10 and 15 degrees. And that will give the plant a a better chance of producing the anthocyanin to make it more purple. 
as well and blue you know the different colors you can also change the ph a little towards them last couple of weeks so the nutrients will absorb differently if you want it to be a little bit more red then go for a bit more acidic if you want it to be purpley or blue then a little bit more alkaline the ph of the medium that can mm. also help the colors change as well but of course again the most important thing is make sure you have the right genetics these things are more likely to be expressed in plants that are more likely to go purple anyway. So do those things when when the plant's more likely to go purple. And then, of course, let the plant go to its full length, man, maybe just a little bit longer as well. The, if you can leave it to go for a couple of weeks over the the breeders recommended, or, you know, when you're like, that plant's done, just let it go a little bit longer. Let that senescence kick in. Uh, let the plant start to change color naturally like it was... Uh, like it was autumn or before or like that movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and that will definitely help the colors of the plant change you, letting it go a little bit longer, you know, so it starts to die by itself as well. Yeah. And, and uh, Marco as well from Marco and Brian, he did win a cup, a grand master cup. That guy knows his shit about growing, man. You know, having yeah. a, I want to try and get him on the show. I want to try and get both guys on the show separately. You know, get Brian on by himself, get Marco on by himself, and just pick their brains, man. And Marco just knows loads of stuff about organics and K and F. So we're mm. real interesting to get him on the show and you know get some information off and pick his brain and shit. But yes, congratulations to Marco there for winning the bout for the Grandmaster. I've seen him on the stream and he's got two bouts now. And I, I put in the comments, you know, well, you guys get bouts for growing, we get handcuffs over here. You know, <laughs> it's uh, very cool, man. Very good to see. Yes, we get jail terms, not not mm -hmm. belts. <laughs> mm -hmm. oh, uh, what what about Chilbert asked a good question about some suggestions of purple strains besides the ones we've gone over. But purple haze, man. Purple haze. Purple haze. My yeah. one. I've got there. a bit of a list. We oh, cool! You got a list. Like, what you got? We got the GDP, so it's your granddaddy purples. Mm -hmm. Grape ape. Yes. Uh, the one purple haze, uh, the Mendocino perps, Obama Kush, Blackwater, Purple Urkels, Sour Grape, Purple Skunk, Purple Space Cookies, Purple Cheese. I mean, I think you can see <laughs> there seems to be a common a common theme in here. Uh, a lot of the uh, cookies strains have that purple genetics in them as well, don't they? If you grow yeah, anything yeah. cookies, then you can try and push that to go to purple by using the techniques that we've mentioned. So, uh, yeah, yeah well, you, what other strains you got there? Uh, Lavender Jones, Purple mm. Voodoo, Grape Skunk, Purple Diesel, Purple Berry, Purple Trainwreck, Blue Knight, uh, Purple Dream. So there's a there's a whole bunch of them out there. Um, mm -hmm. So as as I think we were saying earlier, if you if you're looking for a strain that goes purple, you know nine times out of ten, if it's got purple in the name, <laughs> chances are yeah. it's yeah. gonna go a bit purple. Mm -hmm. And then of course, if you want to see some plants that have turned purple, we have loads of diaries over on PersisGrowRoom.com. Would you, being a listener of this show, are of course already a member of our forum, right? Right, yeah, this is right. Yeah. Of, course, not, of course, it's free to join. Exactly, it's I knew free. There was something I forgot to do. Free, free, <laughs> free. 
So get over there and sign up if you haven't already. And there's shitloads of grow diaries. You'll be able to find some purple grow diaries there, see how they were grown, and follow them step by step if you wanted to create some purple weed as well. But, you know, the, the only thing you're going to get from growing purple cannabis is the jar slash bag appeal. You can just show your friends and be like, look at these purple buds that I have. Aren't they cool? That's about it, really. You know, any of the flavors you can get from other strains, really, and, you know, the potency you can get from other strains. So it's only going to be for the bag appeal, really. Sorry, jar appeal. Yeah. Thank so, you. You know, check that. Uh, if you wanted to do it, then go ahead, do it, man. You know, this is your hobby, and it is fun to grow purple buds. It's nice to have purple buds. They look really fucking nice, man, and they taste good. So, do it. If you haven't done it yet, then do it. Give it a try. Yeah, and as a really grower, enjoy it, it's no definitely, doubt. definitely something to try at least once. Mm-hmm. 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 That's right. So check out some purple strains and grow some fucking some delicious purple weed. But we are, we, and of course, if anybody has any questions and they need some help growing some purple weed or need help figuring out how to make their buds go purple, you know where to find us, man, over at versusgrowroom.com. You can just ask a question. It's very easy to sign up and a very nice, friendly place. So get involved if you haven't already. Right, so let's hit hmm. these. We've only got a couple of questions for the listener mail this week. Uh, they are related to purple stuff as well well one of them is here from filmy balls he says uh could we just use food dye to color our buds purple or any colors we want i'm sure this would alter smoke taste what do you guys think well we've already briefly discussed that you know but we should go over it again because it's an important one you don't really want to use these kind of things on your buds especially if you're going to be smoking them because you don't know what kind of toxic effects burning the food coloring is going to have uh, and you don't know how it's going to differ on the taste of the buds as well that can be an issue mm. so it's just best not to i mean you can but if you do make sure you're using food grade organic stuff you don't want any of these chemical ones because if they have heavy metals in and nasty shit like that then it might change the color of your buds but it could make them more toxic as well so just be very I would actually still caution on the side of using anything organic because mm-hmm. i mean you still don't know i, I don't know what what is what is organic food diet or like food coloring? Well, and that's it. It's like cyanide's organic, but that shit will fucking kill you. Right. Right. <laughs> I just don't know. It's not designed to be smoked. So I would mm-hmm, say, mm-hmm. fill me bowls, just get a purple strain, bubble hawk listed off a dozen different ones, pick something you like. Maybe it'll be your new favorite. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Fox See, the, the best thing yeah. you can do is, is get the right genetics. You know, and, and use them techniques like we talked about. You know, once you have the genetics, you just have them other things that you can add to it. Like make sure the plant goes long enough to get to senescence so it starts to change colors anyway. You, the, the temperatures in the later flower, because when it gets colder, it'll produce more anthocyanin, which will make it more purple. And then the pH as well to adjust the way it's absorbing nutrients towards the end. Just using them techniques there will make your buds purple. You shouldn't need to use any kind of food coloring or dyes to make that shit happen. And plus, you, that's going to change the color of your pistols as well. And what you want to see is you want to see the purple buds with the orange hairs, man. And that, that, that's what makes it look fucking mm. delicious. You know what I'm saying? You know, that variety of color rather than just being a whole color. You, you want it to be all mix of fucking everything. Man. That's what makes the purple buds look really good. That Them orange hairs on that dark background. You know what I'm saying? Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. You know, and this is the other thing like where we you know we are laughing about the whole food dye thing but there are 
shady people out there that will do that. So knowing, you know, get, getting some information on what weed should look like across the board will help you determine if, you, if you're not growing yourself and you have to be buying from um, the legacy market or, you know, whatever you're doing, knowing what it should look like before you go out and, and start buying it you know you can also be looking for indicators that it's been grown with pgr and things like that as well not just that it's been dipped in a whole bunch of you know grape juice dried out and then gone ta-da look it's purple because mm-hmm. you know, that's the last thing you want mm-hmm. that's right man just try and keep it as natural as possible so you don't have any nasty unexpected shit and of course if you want the high quality the best cannabis have to grow it yourself, man, because you can't trust these motherfuckers out there to do it for you. That's just the way yeah. it is, man. That's whether it's legal cannabis or cannabis from the legacy market, man. You, if you haven't grown it, don't know what the fuck's in it. You don't know how it's been treated, what it's been sprayed with. You don't know anything about it. But, you know, when you grow that shit yourself from scratch, you get seeds from a reputable seed bank. So you, you know what you get when you get the seeds, man. And, and you grow them from start to finish yourself, you know exactly what's gone through that plant from day one till the harvest. So you know the good shit, you know. So do it yourself, man. And th- that's when you're going to get your best weeds. And that's when you're going to get Change. your best colors and shit. Changes the game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Really, really does. If you've not done it before and you're just thinking about doing it, go ahead and give it a crack mm-hmm. because I can guarantee you it'll be some of the best, if not the best weed you've ever smoked mm-hmm. once you've grown it your own. Mm-hmm. That's it, man. It, it, you don't get to experience the good stuff unless you grow it yourself, because the grower keeps the good stuff for themselves, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Then their best colors they get kept by the grower, and then they sell on the shit stuff. I've heard that mm-hmm. said by many, many uh, growers out there that say, "Yeah, what happens to all the tops? You're going to these dispensaries, and all you're getting these are small buds. Mm-hmm. What happens to the big ones? You know, the kings gone. Mm, they get kept by the person who created it, man. True, <laughs> good stuff." Yeah, so I hope that answers your question there for me, Bowles. Thanks for asking the question, man. And we have one from Billy Bonds as well, which is, you know, a, a nice question. Well done, Billy. You always have to congratulate Billy for, you know, just asking a clean <laughs> question. question. Like, you know, <laughs> Trying to encourage that good behavior. Right. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> and he asks, what can I do with my stalks and stems? It's a good question, man. Because this, I mean, you can use pretty much every part of the cannabis plant for something but obviously as a home grower who's growing cannabis for other recreational or medicinal uses you're mainly growing it for the buds you know and then you can use the tip leaf to make some kind of extract like hash if you wanted to or some butter and shit like that to make some edibles and then you know your fan leaves you can just they would usually be composted but some people use them in smoothies Mm-hmm. different shit like that you know the stuff you can do with that then the roots monkey you were making some balm with the roots or something right yeah the roots are high in an anti uh anti-inflammatory called fridolin and right. you can make a potus with that and actually use that on sore joints or anything any kind of an inflammation situation on skins or whatnot like that not recommended mm-hmm. to be taken internally but yeah yes i had mm-hmm. a guy in my show like a while ago now and he makes hemp soap or like cannabis infused soap primarily using the roots from mm-hmm. his plants. What show and was that, Marge? Uh, it was on my show. His name yeah, well, was What's Man- your show? What's the name of your show? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> you, you can find that one uh, on Bite Me, the show about edibles. There you go. Yes. And I think I have like the root ball infusion recipe, which is pretty simple. 
in the recipes section too, if anyone's interested, because it does make really good topicals, just like Monkey was saying, mm -hmm. but you're not supposed to ingest it. Right? No, you don't want it. It's mostly yeah. alkaloids. It doesn't have a lot of uh, cannabinoids in there. So the, the alkaloids are the secret with that one. And, and it's used mostly like external skin applications. It, it's for inflammation, irritation, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. See, so you can do shit with most parts of the plant, man. But what do you do with the stalks and stems? Well, Other they, than make fiber with it, I don't really think there's much you can do with it, right? Well, so there is a little bit of a little bit of cab cannabinoids. You know, there are trichomes on some of the stems and some some of the things like you can wash them and actually recover something back off of them. It's not very profitable, but mm. Mm. So we, we used people, to do. Do people make tea from them? Have I heard of that's that? That's what I was. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Mm -hmm. We used to do yeah. stem milk, where right. you you'd had you know cut all your made buds off, and you'd have your leftover bits with the pre flowers and stuff on it, and you just chuck that into a into a pot and put in a high fat milk and just get it up to a nice warm heat and just let it infuse for a few hours. Come hmm. back, use that to make your coffee or your tea or whatever, and where you go. Like granted, it's probably not the nicest tasting milk, um, <laughs> but you know it's it's still going to give you a bit of a buzz and rather than just wasting it and then just go and chuck that in your in your compost bin mm. in your garden somewhere you know so mine get fed to the worms you know but yeah. They, yeah. it's good to let them dry and smash them up a bit before they go to the worms because otherwise they'll be there for ages man it, it takes a mm -hmm. while for the worm because they're thick you know they're they're stems man it's like wood it's going to take a while for the worms to eat through that shit but, you know, if you got isopods as well, you can feed the isopods with them. Yeah, you're soaking them will soften it as well. But breaking yeah. them up, and that's a that's a good way to do it. You know, smash them up to as small as they you can possibly get, them, and then feed them to your worms and put them in your composter. But, you put them uh, through a wood chipper, just through the wood chipper. <laughs> yeah, not many people got a wood chipper though. Well, that's no. that is a good point. I do not possess a wood chipper. Everybody in Australia's got one, though, right? Yeah, what are you talking about? I got one here. <laughs> I got three of them, man. What do you mean? Uh, I'll get a new one every season. Exactly. How do you think we get rid of all the snakes? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> a wood chipper. Oh, my God. Easiest way to make kangaroo mints, mate. You know what I'm saying? Give it a far go. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you it always laugh. does, and anybody you, mentions a wood chipper, yeah, it's all about fargo. You, you laugh about that, but there is a court case currently going here where a guy, um, a, a guy got put through a wood chipper, and they're saying that it was um, the wife paid these blokes to come and push him through a wood chipper. So, oh, wow, it happens. It does happen. Hmm. New new fear unlocked for those that. <laughs> a pair of wood chippers yeah don't piss off the missus man <laughs> especially if she knows somebody who owns a wood chipper oh, yeah especially if you're tree lopping or something like that just just be careful mm -hmm. but yes that's all the questions that we have and i think that's everything covered about purple buds as well is there anything to add anybody got anything to add here don't use food coloring yeah. Just yeah, say that again. yes don't do that or paint or paint that. That's a good point there. We didn't bring that up. You know, don't be dipping your buds in fucking purple paint. That is not how it's done. Yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. but yeah, that's it. All right. Let's move to the outro then. I think we're good to go. Let's do it.
And there we go, everybody. That was the Grow Guides this week, all about growing purple buds. If you have some nice purple buds that you've grown in the past and you'd like to show us them, then head over to percysgrowroom.com. That's our cannabis growers forum. It's free to join. It's very easy to sign up and we have a really nice community over there. So if you want to get over there and show off some of your fancy buds that you've grown in the past, just go sign up, start a thread. It's free. It's easy. And we would love to hear from you, man. And again, that's a great place where you'll be able to tell us about any suggestions for future episodes of Grow Guides that we can cover in the future as well. So, you know, don't be shy, man. Come and join the community if you haven't already. It'll be great to have you over there. But for now, that's it for the Grow Guides. We'll catch you for the live show, hopefully, on Sunday, where we discuss the cannabis news and events, as we do every Sunday. And we talk about predatory bugs in the Grow Room for the Grow Guide section. And I hope to see you over on Percy'sGrowRoom.com or over on the live stream on Sunday. So go to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash highonhomegrown. You'll see the stream is already scheduled. Make sure you set a reminder so you don't forget. And we'll see you there, hopefully. Stay high, stay safe, have a good weekend. We'll catch you on the next one. Goodbye.